0: The way you made eggnog in colonial America was was kind of the same way you made jungle juice. You just poured it on you know, the, the liquor. I <laughs> and thought all the that cream you had into a bowl. That oh my god! Up. I thought eggnog was
1: I thought eggnog was just like milk that was left near persistent spousal abuse and alcoholism for a little while. <laughs> They just left it out in the middle of the room, and eventually it would knock from all the negative energy. Nah, man, it's so the fermentation bad. of child's tears on Christmas morning. <laughs> well, nothing for Christmas this year, Jimmy, but the knock's delicious.
0: Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Hi. And Ryan. Also Hi. <laughs> it, <laughs> listen.
2: If you're going to tell me that your marijuana is is like the finest in the Netherlands? Don't don't have it grown in like Cleveland?
1: Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Uh
2: yeah, don't do that. It's misrepresentation at the absolute least. Cuz there's no way anything coming out of Cleveland is on par with anything in Amsterdam.
1: Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would
0: I feel like climate-wise, it would be way too different.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't
2: Amsterdam... Okay, but I'm not talking about climate. I'm talking about marijuana, boys. <laughs> Jesus <Jeez. laughs> Christ. Uh, I feel and... like there's more muggings in Cleveland, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody in Amsterdam is, like, so much just happier and just...
0: Isn't like...
1: that one of the happiest? Is it Norway, or is it Amsterdam that's, like, the happiest country in
0: the world? Well probably the, yeah, netherlands. I, yeah, I the, the netherlands i, I, I think, think the netherlands i think i think norway is one of like the leaders in like suicide <laughs> yeah. like like all the all the nordic countries have really high like suicide rates because of like oh, oh. because it's <laughs> like laughing, dark most of
2: the, the time of the year yeah. i'm laughing but this is like a stark a stark swing from oh isn't that the happiest country in the world actually <laughs> actually, actually it's the most. polar opposite
0: <laughs> yeah when you get that far north that's like you're you're definitely going to have some form of a substance abuse habit going. Maybe up, maybe
1: domain. it's so happy that they get they only need a few years, so they just they just nope <laughs> <laughs> out. Oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, speaking
2: of self harm and mutilation,
1: yeah, call nine eight eight if you need help.
2: That um, is the actual recognized nationally set up suicide self harm hotline. Please
0: do call it. If you need it. So how do you boys feel about eggnog? Okay, hang on.
2: Listen. Listen, let me jump in here real quick. I bought the ego flavored eggnog from Publix. Um by I wanna say it's like sweet mountain brewing or something. It's it's sipping cream, okay? And it's supposed oh, to be Oh, you bought like, the
1: mountain sipping cream? Uh, yeah, but
2: it's, it was it advertised was to be that? Eggo flavored, and it was just regular eggnog. There was no Eggo, there was no syrup flavor. I there
1: was half it was expecting eggnog. it to be like Eggo batter, you know? I w- it, was, it was the thickness <laughs> of
2: Eggo batter.
0: <laughs> it, just, it just poured in some like whiskey or rum in there and just mixed it up with the batter. It's like, here you go. Everybody told
2: me to like add alcohol to it and I was like I don't think you understand that's not the problem. That's it's a teenage AS alcohol idea. as it is. That's
1: a that's a late that's a late teens early college idea
2: right there. This is dude, it's, alcoholic sipping cream. I'm not uh, I'm not adding whiskey. Go to
1: Publix, get the ego sipping cream and then steal your dad's amaretto and have a good weekend, you know?
2: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: How much do I put in all of it?
2: But I do like eggnog, um, be it alcoholic or uh, (coughs) virgin.
1: When I was a kid, eggnog to me was the most abhorrent, just, I had no interest at all. Just the term eggnog sounds bad. Like, it sounds like something that is left over when you crack open an egg and it, you know it's like the eggnog is the part of the egg that falls on the floor because you couldn't get over the pan fast enough you know like i just was not interested then i found out that eggnog was a type of milk and i was even more disgusted and uh it's delicious honestly i like it so
0: (laughs) it's good it's terrible for you but uh it's good
2: yeah but who gives a shit dude all how Isn't you frame it just like literally like 12 eggs and it's a pound of it's literally
1: it's all how <laughs> you frame it dude it's like that marlboro ad i sent That's every cigarette you smoke takes seven minutes off of your student loan
2: <laughs> but also gives you seven marlboro miles <laughs> exactly yeah see there's a double positive <laughs> just wait, wait 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 the pros and cons of that you gotta weigh the pros and cons that's right
1: there's see, that other, there's that other thing where it's me? like yeah beer doesn't solve any problems but neither does milk
0: so. Uh, hey, no. you feel me? Um so <laughs> so eggnog, are you gonna ruin
2: eggnog today are we, well, are we totally
0: uh, just gonna do this eggnog's believed to originate from um east anglia which is a um a section of of modern day england um sort of around like the london area um just, okay. just sort of like that eastern uh central coastal area of england um and um a lot of times uh Originally it was meant as like more of a drink for like the aristocracy um, mm. the no- the nobility um, because a lot of the things you would need to make eggnog the the average um, peasant wouldn't have access to.
2: Okay, so um, like like not like 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 <laughs> you got the eggs cuz chickens are plentiful. Okay, and full me eggnog. nog.
0: Well, well well not really because like you you say eggs are plentiful but you also have to like you have to sell them. You usually have to pay some of them as a tax. Um, And then also, too, you you need to use it for other things and not just like a a fancy drink.
2: Yeah, listen, Um, we are not going to start getting into like paying taxes with food and all that because this is going to quickly devolve into the potato famine. (laughs) I'm going to be real
1: upset. (laughs) You're going to ruin this man's high. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get him low.
0: (laughs) But but for instance, things like milk as well wasn't, wasn't usually as accessible. And also people didn't really drink milk. Um, as as much as we do today, um, the the whole notion of like people people drinking milk as like an everyday thing didn't really come about in, in, until like the 20th century really. Interesting. Um, as as pasteurization became more available, um, and and also the dairy industry uh, started pushing it on people. Um, generally, people mostly drank. Um, I believe goat's milk was more common than than cow's milk. Do
1: you guys remember that when you were kids and like the uh, the guys from the dairy industry would come over your house and just Fucking shove milk on on like every dish you had and every cup.
2: And milkman would come over to your house and bang your mom. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, drop, Dude, drop milk The milkman would come
1: over and he would take like I'd pour like a healthy glass of iced tea and he would come over and he would just pour it out right on the fucking carpet and then fill it with milk and then I had to drink the milk. That's what happened
0: while he watched.
1: <laughs> he he do would you... watch the whole time like with just dead eyes. You know.
2: Listen, do you remember the the weird. Uh, got Milk good campaign in the 90s that was like the... You mean
1: the Bakake campaign of Got Milk? That was,
2: <laughs> that was such a weird time where they were...
1: I was going through everybody. puberty at the time and it just looked like bakake to me.
2: Well, everybody that did those ads said it wasn't like... It obviously wasn't milk that they drank and then took a photo. It was like some like weird thick like yogurt
1: type so, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was, I was probably like, like was fla- flour water or some weird shit. It was yeah. stupid. Was it, was
0: like, oh. the, uh, it was the cookie dough Gatorade from SNL that they were drinking. Oh, I've never know.
1: I've never seen that before, yeah. but that sounds that sounds about as appetizing as a solid fresh handsome eggnog right now. <laughs> 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 eggnog, I feel like you gotta wear khakis and old shoes and a sweater, and then, then it's acceptable, like, socially, you if
0: you're, if you're dressed like Clark Griswold, then you're good to go.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> may even have to take it a little further than that. Your sweater's gotta smell like it's been in the closet, like, time. And you gotta have a Santa time. hat on, too. If you have a Santa hat on and you have eggnog, you better be in a fucking commercial.
2: And <laughs> you better have whiskey in that eggnog, too.
1: yeah. If you're drinking alcoholic eggnog, I totally get it. Because that's just a way to make a drink seem more acceptable. Okay. You know, because like, people were basically serial alcoholics
2: for most <laughs> well, of the okay, 20th so, century. So, <laughs> so, so, yes, but also uh, because technically it would be cleaner to drink beer uh, well, than it would be to drink local water. Depending on where you are and what time that's and period a good of history you're in. Yeah, that's a good point. So you're an alcoholic, but just by by necessity. Now, what yeah. type
1: of cow does eggnog come from?
0: A dairy cow. <laughs> a nog.
1: <laughs> a, a, a nog. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, most people, uh, especially Americans, uh, during the time period we're going to be talking about, they were uh, generally a lot more alcoholic than people were today. Like the amount of oh alcohol God, they, they drank on average was was pretty ridiculous by today's standards.
1: I like how uh, we it was ABV. ABV. Like, uh, well, how, pretty, how how high was the percentage in Yeah, because, I mean, like,
2: if you're drinking a fuckload yeah, it of pretty alcohol, high. it doesn't matter if you're drinking, like, a well, session well, beer. If you're drinking, like, these 15% stouts, all right, I'm
0: impressed. Well, they're, well there's, there's, they're starting the day with, like, corn liquor, so they're just, like... Like, shine? Like, like, mellow corn and stuff like that, yeah. Like, shine? Like, they're starting the day with shine? Yeah, like like sort of like hardcore, like like whiskey and 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 rye and like other other like hard alcohols. Steve, do you right. do you know what I'll package to- <laughs> package stores are? Yeah, like okay. in some some states up north, like in um, that that they have like sort of like a, a store where you you can only buy like alcohol there.
2: Yeah, um, it's Massachusetts has them. Jersey like
0: uh, them. like uh, Pennsylvania uh, mm-hmm. has has they call them state stores there though. But yeah,
1: um, package they store. Add. They everybody comes out of there with a brown bag.
2: And it's not like you can just go to, like, the gas station my and have beer, which sucks. It sucks
1: Ah, uh, so you bad. can't. No, you can't. It's so weird, too, when I go up there and I'm like, why don't we just get some beer at the gas station? And my brother's like, you're not in fucking Florida right now. <laughs>
2: <I'm> like, That's <laughs> Because right. welcome to, like, real world, you <laughs> fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. And, uh, you know, I love the people that try to justify the, the daily drinks, like, the uh, because they, they use the European thing. And it's like, yeah, but Europe didn't do that at the level we did it here. Like, yeah, Europe
2: was like one literal four-ounce glass of wine. You know, like, a daily drink. I've got
1: the cup of whiskey and three three cubes of ass. I'm going to Gator's Dockside, and I'm having
2: 16 Coors Lights, 45,000 <laughs> wings, and why can't I lose weight? Well, sir, you said one glass of whiskey, but that's a, that's a pint glass, sir. You know, like, I'd, I'd like one British uh, glass of whiskey. Get him the fuck out. <laughs> well,
0: that, well, that's sort of the thing with, like, when they... Have you ever heard of, like, the Gin Alley type thing? Nah. like like uh-uh. beer lane and gin alley. That that when gin, um, sort of like came into really existence. I think that's um, when mom there, and dad met. There was <laughs> beer lane and gin alley.
1: I heard that Tory Lane's fuck Megan the Stallion. I've heard that.
0: But there was there was a craze for for gin, and and it got to a point where the uh, where the the British government had to regulate how much uh, gin could be sold and like um and and how much like gin people could get because uh, people were drinking like gallons of gin a year.
1: Dude, how man? <laughs> Cause, listen, cause when you're... <laughs> how do you do that? When I, if I have half a glass of gin, I'm in the backyard dry heaving. For
2: some okay, reason I don't think I don't think it's as strong as it is nowadays. Like if you remember people. Back oh no, in it 70s, was it was worse. <laughs> well, but listen, like people back in the seventies, like you know, you're smoking marijuana in the seventies. It's like you know whatever. But like nowadays, because it's all like lab grown, it's like oh my god, the the difference in potency is insane. A lot of people I'm think the opposite. If it wasn't that
0: bad back then, I, a lot
2: of
1: people would... think. The opposite about weed too they're like oh that government stuff's nothing and it's like
0: uh yeah. no fuck with it if you want to <laughs> yeah we we generally weed today is, is stronger way like, like stronger legal weed is way stronger yeah but with yeah. but with alcohol the thing you're forgetting is is that you don't have uh, quality standards um so so when they talk about you know like filtrating mm. and like all these things like it's literally just some guy like in, in like a back room in, like a tavern in, like the 17th century, just mixing up a big bowl of like gin.
1: Yep. Bathtub. When I say like Christ. like just
0: like a cauldron of, of gin.
1: You uh, want some of this gin, Timmy?
0: Um, but uh, for instance, um, by the 18th century, though, especially in America, as it's good you know, gin's freshly being, I just made it being an, an agricultural uh <laughs> sort of area. Um, for instance, uh, George Washington. Uh, was fond of eggnog, which he would commonly drink uh, with rum and also uh, sherry, brandy, and whiskey. Not oh. all, in th- not all oh. at once, but just. Oh. Uh, Jesus um, Christ! Because cause generally the the traditional like like hoity toity way to drink it was with brandy, mm-hmm. um, but uh, eggnog becomes uh, more and more common and becomes sort of like a like a seasonal uh, drink within the Americans.
1: So how? Wait, what was? This? <laughs> was the traditional way to drink it?
2: I with, really with thought he was about... I, I really thought he was saying that, like, they were drinking this shit like the Four Horsemen shot. It's
1: <laughs> just, just George Washington <laughs> just just, drink, <laughs> just drinking whiskey, sitting up in George. my room. <laughs>
2: drinking so it with that? some brandy. <laughs> you see the, in a pint glass. You, sitting you see up the, in
0: my room. The way you made eggnog in colonial America was... It was kind of the same way you made jungle juice you just it, poured it on the liquor. I thought all the that, cream you had into a bowl the oh I <laughs> thought eggnog <added> was
1: <laughs> I thought eggnog was just like milk that was left near persistent spousal abuse and alcoholism for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> they just left it out in the middle of the room and eventually it would nog from all the negative energy. <laughs>
2: No, nah, man, it's so the fermentation bad. of child's tears on Christmas morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing for Christmas this year, Jimmy, but the nog's delicious.
2: But come here, cry into this glass for me. we
1: <laughs> oh this for a year. Fucking nog. <laughs> uh, so anyway.
0: Our, our story with, with eggnog um, intersects with one of America's uh, great institutions. That is the United States Military Academy at West Point, um, oh, which fuck. is in uh, West Point, <laughs> New York, for those unfamiliar with it. Um, oh wait,
2: is that really where it is in New York?
0: Yeah, the, I always the,
2: thought it was Virginia for some reason. That's no, the it's naval a, it's academy. in New York. Uh, uh,
0: Virginia's uh, what,
2: the naval academy, I think. No,
0: uh, Annapolis is the naval academy, which is in Maryland. Yeah, it's Maryland. Uh, maybe Virginia just the yeah, then, Annapolis is close to Virginia. There's uh, there's uh, there, there's like a big uh, navy base there at, at Norfolk. Um, I think the I think the Coast Guard might be there. Hmm. Okay. But but anyways. Um, so the academy is founded in 1802, um, and a lot of a lot of times when it, when it opened up, it was it was just sort of a couple um, unremarkable buildings. Um, it initially had uh, ten cadets who were taught by three teachers, um, and and students were admitted to the academy um, at at any point during the year. And also, there there weren't really any like like standard uh, strong admission standards to join uh, the uh, to join West Point. OK, um, but after the War of 1812, um, as as sort of like America and, and Congress sort of decides that they actually need to spend money on a military, um, because before then, they just sort of think like, oh, we don't we don't really need to have a standing army. Uh, they're a bit leery about it because they don't want to end up um, like like some other areas of the world, you know, where the military can like overthrow the government, um, things like that. Um, and, and they also don't want to spend money on it. But they realize after getting into this war with Great Britain uh, where the White House is burned down. That, like, maybe we do need a, a standing army. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in order to have an officer corps for that, they begin to actually start funding um, West Point. And in 1817, um, they make uh, Sylvanus uh, Thayer the, um, the commandant of, of the U- United States Military Academy.
2: Huh. Wait, did we just go from eggnog to West Point? Did yes. you just really come, like, hit me with an okey-doke that hard? Did like, <laughs> you, you rope me into this episode thinking it was going to be egg dogs It's
0: like, psych, we doing West Point. <laughs> oh, no, it'll it, they'll, they'll intersect. Okay. Right. Um, so, uh, Colonel, uh, Colonel Thayer is the Academy's, like, first real, uh, superintendent. Um, and, and he sort of, uh, creates, like, a very strict, um, and foreboding atmosphere at the Academy, um, and uh, one of the rules that he has, for instance, is that it is expressly forbidden uh, for students at West Point um, for cadets to purchase storage or consume alcohol at West Point. Um, and this is one of the, the reforms he does to sort of in, instill um, discipline um, in the academy, which, which he saw as being like derelict. Um, he's also considered the father of West Point. Um, and so, uh, for instance, um, he, he made it so that, uh, students were only allowed to leave campus at, at certain times, um, that, uh, they could not cook in their dorms, and they could not duel.
2: What? <laughs> they had to make that a rule, like, you can't kill each other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was illegal to
1: import Yu-Gi-Oh cards at the time.
0: <laughs>
1: so there was no did 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 duel
0: Well, you, you have to remember, too, at, like, European, um, institutions, it was, um, it was common for there to be like fencing and dueling, um, yeah. it, it, well well into the 20th century. As I mentioned before, like in like German and Austrian like universities, like it was very common for you to um, to duel um, by fencing and then not wear a mask. So you would you would have like facial scars from dueling, and that was considered like a like a mark of like honor and like high upbringing.
1: Bro, <laughs> what happened what? to your face? I just caught myself like, dueling.
0: Like, if you've seen a, a picture of like Otto Skorzeny, the the German like yeah. like commando, like his face is scarred up because he went to one of those like universities and was in a fraternity and like did dueling.
1: He's all duelled up. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, we should go back to the dueling system.
2: But um, Thayer is like. We reform- should do it with blunderbusses though, and not swords. Yeah, you, like you gotta the most ha- inaccurate blunderbuss ever. Yeah. No no no
1: firing weapons at all, by the way. Like only blunt weapons, because if you're really if you really want to kill somebody, you know, you're really that angry, you really gotta work for it.
2: You know? That's true. Yeah. Like a stick. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, that you give him those um those old like uh,
0: inflatable boxing gloves like the soccer
1: boxing. <laughs> oh no! Then it's just hilarious, you know. Yeah. You,
0: have, you have to wear one of those like sumo suits.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can't even get near enough to choke him. We're too fat. <laughs>
2: There you go. It depends how mad you are. If you're just a little bit mad at him, you got to get the, the the sock and bopper's hands. If you're super mad, like you want to kill him, you got to do it in a sumo suit.
1: Yeah, you got to do it. That's the one stipulation. You're allowed to beat the shit out of the other guy, but you have to wear an inflatable suit, where <laughs> you can never reach him. Ugh.
0: Um. But in um, 1826, uh, the academy had uh, 36 men serving as faculty and staff. Um, And there were four recognized departments at West Point. There was a mathematics, engineering, uh, natural philosophy, uh, which includes the modern subjects of physics, chemistry, and life sciences, and military tactics.
2: Why is chemistry underneath philosophy, like as an umbrella?
0: I'm not uh, sure. Generally, it's under the the sciences. Right. but, but But it's called natural philosophy, which is just sort of like it includes like all the sciences. That's oh my god! Because this all is right. this is also during a time period where it's very much possible that that you could know everything there is to know in the world, pretty much that was known at that time.
2: I mean, we could still do that. I gotta, I, I have literally have a, a galaxy in my pocket that I can. I have all the knowledge of the that's, world. In. That's that.
1: Yeah, but that's the knowledge existing. This was a time where you could have that knowledge in your head like you could have that knowledge not not in your pocket like in your you brain look
2: like fucking Megamind no
1: no it just, it's just it's just that's just where ass. we was yeah you can't do it now it's fucking nearly impossible <laughs> um, computers have completely outpaced us with the uh, um, storage so in in in
0: 1826 as well there are 260 cadets at the academy um that, um, and that because of like, uh, they also had strict rules on that they could not uh, use tobacco, um, they could not uh, gamble, uh, doing both could lead to demerits, um, and also um, incarceration or, or a loss of privileges um, if that happened. Because you have to remember this is a military academy, so they are under military law. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: All right, so we're confiscating this, these three, these three unopened cartons of Marlboro cigarettes. Marlboro's, You're going to jail, Marlboro's. and we're taking all these Marlboro miles.
0: Marlboros.
2: <laughs> we're taking all these Marlboro miles, and we're turning them in for ourselves. <laughs> You're going to jail.
0: There, there's just walking around campus with the uh, the, the Marlboro jacket.
2: The commandant, you know, the commandant's walking around the brand new windbreaker.
1: <laughs> just riding up on the Marlboro mountain bike.
2: What you
1: guys doing? Smoking.
2: <laughs> looks, um, looks like I'm getting a new fanny pack. What are you smoking? Parliaments, not keep that shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so,
0: so due to um, there there being issues with the student uh, student body drinking, um, because uh, during the time when students could leave campus, um, some of them would go to the local taverns um, and and they would they would drink, um, and so because of this, um, it was decided that there would not be alcohol. Um, In the eggnog that would be served at the at the Christmas uh, party at the Academy that year. Wait, so they usually gave them alcohol in the eggnog as like as like a treat
2: as like a treat. Okay,
0: all right. It was it was just one of those things like one of the only one of the only occasions like it would be allowed. And and so because they prohibited this from happening, it was decided by the uh, by the cadets that they would uh, smuggle in their own alcohol into campus. Um, which which they would do from time to time um, in order to spike their eggnog.
1: <clears throat> so they didn't invent eggnog; they just spiked eggnog. Well,
0: that well, that's the way eggnog was was drank. Like you, you were you weren't going to be drinking like straight like non alcoholic
1: eggnog. Straight nog, right? It was originally created to be an alcoholic. Alcoholic, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you.
0: Um, so on December 22nd, 1826, um, at, at Martin's Tavern, one of the local uh, taverns, um, uh, cadets William R. Burnley from Alabama, Alexander J. Center from New York, and Samuel Alexander Roberts from Alabama, um, they, they almost get into a fight with the proprietors of another uh, tavern uh, trying to get whiskey uh, back to West Point. Um, as, as they're trying to uh, smuggle in the, in the whiskey, uh, private James uh, Dugan who was the, uh, the, the security guard on duty, um, he agreed to let the students take a boat across uh, the Hudson River um, to smuggle whiskey from another tavern um, the students bribed him uh, 35 cents, which in today's money is about $10.54
2: wow, what a cheap like a cheap bribery like isn't it usually like hundreds of dollars to bribe somebody? 10 bucks? it won't even get you a good solid value meal at McDonald's anymore
0: well you know, he's, he's just like the uh he's just like standing around on guard duty. He's not like <laughs> you know <laughs> he's not he's a step above a rent a cop, but he, he's not that far from it. Yeah, but he could end these kids by telling all. Of them. He could. Or or he could also get thirty five cents. Thirty five fucking cents, Jesus Christ.
2: Um, thirty five cents, that'll get you
1: the uh the first piece of bread on the grilled cheese double cheeseburger at uh five guys.
0: We have to remember, this, this is the equivalent of $10. Now, back, so. back then, it was only three guys.
1: <laughs> the, other, the other two had the bloody rickets. <laughs>
0: um, the, the cadets had planned to purchase um, a half gallon of whiskey um, as a base for their eggnog um, that they were going to have in the uh, North Barracks um, on um, Christmas Eve. Um, so as as they're uh, doing this, Burnley Center and Roberts are able to successfully obtain uh, two gallons of whiskey, um, smuggling it into the North Barracks um, and, and concealing it in room 33. Uh, we, we know all of this because all of this is written down for the uh, the minutes of the the investigation that happens. Um, You're taking notes events. on a criminal fucking conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a cadet, uh, T.F. Lewis of Kentucky, also returned with a gallon of rum um, from Benny's Haven Tavern uh, to the North Barracks room number five. Uh, Let right, so t- to keep
2: track of this. Half of a gallon of whiskey and a gallon of no, rum. No, so two gallons of whiskey and a half a gallon of rum.
0: They had only originally planned to buy half a gallon, but they bought two gallons.
2: Okay. So two gallons of whiskey, a gallon of rum.
0: All right. Um, so Benny's was the, uh, was the closest tavern um, to uh, West Point. Um, and at there, it was popular among the, the cadets because they could barter uh, blankets and shoes for alcohol. Um, and, and anything, Christ. anything other than uh, actual school, uh, school like notable items like uniforms, which were off limits. Um, well, I'll
2: give you a sock. I just need one shot. Just take a sock. I tell you what, I'll give you six gallons if you give me that fancy hat of yours. Here, here, take it.
0: Um, Edgar Allan Poe, when he attended West Point, um, he reportedly spent most of his time at Benny's uh, Benny's Haven Tavern.
2: Yeah, he also spent most of his time in the gutter outside most taverns and bars. <laughs> well,
0: this this is sort of like his his beginnings, his his origins of of being like like a sad, oh, being a, a sad punk. drunk, <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah. sad laudanum. Original
1: <laughs> original crust punk.
2: <laughs> um, Shout before, out to my boy EAP. He wrote some good stories though.
0: Uh, before uh, before eighteen twenty six, um, there had been another tavern um, right next to West Point. Um, but um, it, it was called North's Tavern. Um, but uh, because it was so close to the academy, um, Thayer eventually uh, purchased the property and turned the tavern into a hospital. Um, tavern
2: to hospital—that's a—that's quite a—it's quite a change. So, uh, oh, well, I guess not for back then.
1: The uh, apparently well, yeah, well, they just ca- traded the alcohol out for alcohol.
2: Yeah, I'm about to say, because alcohol was the fix for everything back then.
1: <laughs> are you bleeding out of your asshole? Drink some alcohol about it. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, sorry, you got the rickets? That's going to need just, warm alcohol. Ju- you need just warm drink alcohol. it
0: until it stops. And if you're bleeding you get, you get, more, that's good. That means the badness is coming out of
2: <laughs> are you. Having, are you having seizures? You need alcoholic enemas. Ooh. Um, oh, the- no, dude. I just uh, what? I just thought felt that. And uh, so and anima will really fuck you up because it totally bypasses right uh, like first pass metabolism because you're yeah I basically know about it, it it's right butt chugging is what Kavanaugh did yeah yeah <laughs> wait really <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's what that's what they did they called it uh, what was it borfing or something they called it something boofing boofing yeah, yeah. boofing it was butt chugging yeah a, a sitting member of the Supreme
2: Court had alcohol stuck up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is 2023. Anyway, that's what happens when you
1: let the politically fucked put people into office. Uh.
0: Um. So, despite uh, one of the reasons why the uh, the students had gone elsewhere than Benny's to find alcohol was because uh, they, they uh, Benny's would have been too expensive for them to um, to pay um, for the amount of alcohol. Plus, you do.
1: only have two shoes. I mean, how long are you going to walk around shoeless? You know. Well, You know it is winter.
0: It is New York. It's wait, southern wait, New York, w- but it's still New York. So winter wait a minute. The amount of the alcohol
2: they wanted, bro. You said there were ten people at this school and six, and six teachers, and they already have three gallons of alcohol. How much do they
0: fucking need? Well, well, remember there's there's two hundred and sixty students. Oh, I this, thought you this, said there were ten students. It no, like no originally, okay. when it when it first opened, there no, were No, no, uh, no, ten dude. Students. He
1: said three galleons of alcohol. <laughs> three full ships of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> parked out in the chi- parked out in the fucking Hudson. <laughs> they bartered their blankets with the Spanish and got
2: three galleons full of rum. <laughs> Listen, I'll give you, uh, six smallpox blankets. You give me, uh, four bottles of your finest horchata. Now they didn't, dude. Only America had the smallpox blankets. They, they couldn't afford that. <laughs> Those are
1: expensive.
0: <laughs> um, so there, there's going to be some notable names that come up on the following day, which is December 23rd, 1826. Um, that morning, uh... Thayer met with uh, George Bomford from New York and also a Robert E Lee of Virginia. Um, that who is, is the Robert E Lee.
1: Who's who that? Why just... does that name sound familiar? <laughs>
2: oh, it, it, wait, wait, is that okay? That is the uh, Robert uh, Edison Lee. <laughs> Robert Eugenia Lee. <laughs> Robert Eucalyptus Lee. The one and only. <laughs> the, okay. the very
0: same. Uh, who? Who, who eventually goes on to be the, uh, the, the superintendent of West Point from 1852 to 1855. Um, so, uh, Bomford uh, 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 was questioned about his uh, parental correspondence by Thayer uh, while Lee asked Thayer about trigonometry problems for artillery gunnery. Um, classes and barracks inspections continued as usual that day, and that evening um, at 5.45 uh, p.m., A Christmas party was held at Thayer's uh, residence, at which wine was served. Um, A Reverend uh, Charles uh, uh, McEvane, who was the Academy chaplain, was among the attendees. And during the party, um, a a conversation ensued between uh, Thayer and a Major William Jayworth, the commandant of cadets, about one Jefferson Davis of Mississippi's disciplinary problems. Okay. Um, Jefferson Davis being the uh, future President of the Confederacy.
1: I was about to say like Jefferson Davis Jefferson Davis
0: Yes um, Entertainment was provided by the West Point Band And the party ended at 9.30pm <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: babies Wow At
0: 1800
1: well, 1800- well what year was this
0: 1826
1: Yeah so they didn't have electricity so there was no light So 9.30 mm-hmm. makes sense <laughs> Because <laughs> they traded all their candles in for fucking whiskey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, I got a triple wick for Bat the Body Works. Give me a gallon. Anyway,
1: boys, we'd like to keep the party going, but we're out of wax.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they all start furiously digging in their ears.
1: That's Just like Johnson f- on fire. We can't fucking stand them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay.
0: Um so while uh that party's going on um for uh four cadets walter b uh gion of mississippi uh jefferson davis what was his um, last name
1: it sounded korean <laughs>
0: uh, gion I, I believe it's uh, french yeah um uh uh those four cadets uh, along with uh, walter b gion uh, davis uh, John Stopter of Pennsylvania and David Fairley of Pennsylvania uh, met at Benny's Tavern uh, to discuss uh, the what they were going to do for the party. Right. Uh, most of them are able to leave before the quartermaster of West Point shows up to uh, bust them. Um, so the, the North Barracks cadets um, they continue playing the party and, um, and in order to prepare they also uh, steal uh, uh, food um, from the mess hall um, for the party um, and also during that time the cadets in the south barracks find out about the north barracks planned Christmas party god damn okay um, so on the night of um, December 24th at, at 10 o'clock um, in the evening Nathaniel Eaton of Massachusetts um, is the cadet in charge of the external uh, post of the north barracks um, Captain Ethan Allen Hitchcock a faculty member in military tactics was also stationed in the north barracks Um, Eaton and Hitchcock met and discussed the smuggled liquor in the North Barracks. Um, So the eggnog party started among nine cadets of the North Barracks in room number 28.
2: Again, Uh, nine cadets with three gallons of liquor.
0: (laughs) um, Eventually, as the party progressed, uh, numerous cadets would would come to the party. Well, another party began in room five, um, uh, which included uh, seven cadets, um, one of which was Jefferson Davis. Um, fairly, uh, went again to North or Havens and returned with another gallon of whiskey early on Christmas morning. Um, so cadet Charles Whipple of the Michigan territory, the division, uh, superintendent during the first part of the incident went to the North barracks room five at two o'clock in the morning, uh, Christmas day after hearing a commotion, interrupting a round of singing among eight cadets, including Davis, uh, Whipple returned to his room after a verbal exchange with Davis and the other cadets. Um, Hitchcock made another patrol around the barracks at 3 a.m. Uh, Lieutenant William A. Thornton was asleep as while the events unfolded. At 4 a.m., voices from the floor above Hitchcock were loud enough to cause the faculty member to investigate room number 28. When Hitchcock knocked on the door and found six cadets drunk from the eggnog as well as two <laughs> others sleeping on a bed. <laughs> Hitchcock ordered two of the cadets back to their rooms. After they left, Hitchcock woke the two sleeping cadets and ordered them to leave as well. Then he confronted Cadet James W. M. Beams uh, Barryan of Georgia, uh, who responded with equal force. Oh, bro, um,
2: you know that those two were fucking faking being asleep as soon as they heard the <laughs> knock on the door, they knew in time it was. They jumped in the bed, were just. <sighs> Yo, go back to sleepies. <laughs>
0: If we just act like we're asleep, they'll never know.
2: <laughs> he, he like walks and he, like I smell eggnog on your breath. Get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> Legally, if we're asleep, we can't get in trouble. <laughs>
2: I
1: lit the, I lit the candle in the hallway, and the fucking uh, fireball went down the the, uh, the the hallway, and it led right to your room. And then it stopped at the door, and it just kind of winked out. So either there is some kind of spirit that I just killed with fire, or you have alcohol in there. Either I purged an unholy being, or you, y'all you got rum.
0: Um, so Hitchcock gives a stern lecture to the residents of the room for possessing alcohol. Um, on, so
1: this is what started the Civil War then, because Jefferson the Davis wasn't allowed to have his knock.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll get there so he and Robert Eduardo so Lee he, so he moved,
1: <laughs> so he moved <laughs> a thousand miles south and said fuck you
2: <laughs> and Robert Eduardo Lee said I'm with you because I couldn't Robert drink it either <laughs> <even. laughs>
0: um, so the, the captain uh, leaves the room at 4.15am uh, Berrien uh, begins verbalizing his rage against Hitchcock which leads to uh, one William D.C. Uh, Billy Murdoch of uh, he was called uh, DC because he was from the District of Columbia uh, to lead an effort to organize a riot against Hitchcock. Okay. Uh, so around four thirty a.m., Hitchcock uh, uh, went out of his room to sleep.
1: Steve, I don't know about you, but if a guy named Willie DC Billy Murdoch comes and asks me to join a riot, I'm going.
2: <laughs> That's too many names to refuse. Yeah. Legally. And it Legally. just Four sounds like that, it just sounds
1: kind of cool. Like it sounds like the the consequences of me not joining this riot and upsetting William D C Billy Murdoch that just <laughs> Sounds like I might have some problems, you know. It,
0: he also he also gives you a sack for doorknobs. But you That's have to true. Buy your own doorknobs.
2: Yeah. Wait, like a sack of, of like a sack
0: full of doorknobs. Like a pillowcase. Pillow yeah, like a pillowcase. <laughs> yeah, that you could beat other people with. Yeah, you,
2: you beat up people with
0: a sack of potato sack. You know, yeah. something sack of nine volt
1: batteries, D cells, whatever you got. You know. Oh God. <laughs> the gold tops from the uh, Radio Shack in the nineties. Those bars of soap. <laughs> oh no. That's a military thing, sir.
0: Um, <laughs> so, while while Hitchcock is is trying to sleep, uh, three times he hears knocks on his door, only to find no one there. Um, so Quoth after, the Raven.
2: Sorry. What the fuck is this, Scooby Doo? <laughs>
0: so, so after he goes after he goes to investigate, um, he sees uh, Jefferson Davis uh, head over to room number five, where thirteen cadets were partying.
2: Zoink, <laughs> um, zoink so, Scoob! like zoink scoop. So David Confederate. I don't know.
0: So, so David, seeing Hitchcock's arrival, warns the other cadets. Where's Jefferson um, Ravis? So as as the captain enters the room, he orders one of the cadets to open up another cadet's footlocker, uh, but the cadet refuses. Um, Hitchcock ordered that there be uh, no more disorder in the room, leaves the room, and started looking for Thornton around four fifty a.m.
1: Okay, where's the eggnog? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all over
1: it's just everywhere it's all on the floor did they like
2: all right so did they hear uh uh the commandant come walking up and just start chugging eggnog so now they are just <laughs> absolutely shithoused in these rooms walking around
0: you you'll you'll see um okay. so uh meanwhile uh thornton is strolling the north barracks between um between 9 uh, 9 p.m on the 24th and 2 a.m on Christmas Day. Uh, observing the partying before going to sleep at two a.m., um, he's awakened by loud yells. Uh, once um, out of his room, he's attacked by two cadets. Um, Thornton then puts cadet uh, William P.N. Fitzgerald of New York under arrest for brandishing a weapon at him.
2: Wait, wait, wait! So he was attacked by two cadets?
0: Yeah, that they that they physically like like came at him and attacked him.
2: See this right here. This is why alcohol is a problem. Nobody ever has attacked somebody for weed like this. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Had it been that. that, had it been that, oh, that Acapulco gold, <laughs> nobody would have got attacked like that. Ridiculous.
0: Well, you've never met anyone in the throes of reefer madness, I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you even smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> It's a killer, I say. Reef of madness. Spreading across the country.
0: Um, So uh, Fitzgerald is able to get away from Thornton and then tells two cadets in room number 29 about the arrest. Um, At this point, um, noise erupts from the south barracks, which distracts Thornton. Uh, While going to investigate what's going on at the south barracks, uh, Thornton is knocked out by Roberts, who had been ejected from room number 28 by Hitchcock earlier that evening
2: i swear to god this is like scooby-doo it's like going like in the hallway like doorway to doorway room to room barracks to barracks like just chasing these you, like chasing the kids around <laughs>
0: um so uh, at this time davis is asleep but the other cadets were looking for hitchcock um three other cadets were discovered by cadet uh, james g overton of tennessee um a relief sentinel and not involved in the parties um and questioned about their actions um they gave a drunken explanation about needing uh, drums and a fife, and at around 5 a.m., Hitchcock found another inebriated cadet wandering the academy. Um, at this point, uh, several windows in the academy had been broken, um, and Hitchcock returned to his room where he was staying, number eight. Several cadets then attacked his door, um, Guillaume being one of them, drawing his pistol and firing a shot into the room.
2: Whoa. Can you um, imagine being that dude on Firewatch and these three drunken assholes come walking up? He's like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, we're 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 looking for some uh drums. Need a uh, fife and We need a drum
1: and, and fife so uh, we can make the
2: trilateral Troika's intro music. And what we're trying to do here, you're technically stopping our freedom of movement and uh we uh we we just need to
1: <laughs> That was a solid drunk guy.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine the guard is like, "Fuck, just get out of my face, go, get the fuck out of here."
0: Um, yeah. So Hitchcock opens the door and yells for them to stop, um, and then uh, begins arresting cadets. Um, all right, that's all right. it. You're under you're arrest. Like,
2: you're like totally infringing now on like my freedom of moving my arms. That's like in the Constitution. <laughs> oh
1: my god, that is so effective. <laughs>
2: Bro, do you understand how long I worked downtown Do <laughs> you understand how much of a drunk ago? I am <laughs> <laughs> All I have to do Is go back and listen to old episodes I'm like, okay, that's how to act
0: like a drunk asshole <laughs> um, So Hitchcock orders uh, Eaton to find uh, Commandant Worth's headquarters and, and to bring him here to help bring things under control Okay. Um, Overton asked Hitchcock To find Thayer and Hitchcock replied No, Mr. Overton, fetch the calm Here so when he says calm, several of the drunken cadets uh, thought that he meant that he was bringing in the bombardiers um, to, to quell the riot using heavy weapons. Because uh, the bombardiers were the artillery um, unit that was stationed at West Point um, that the students did not like.
2: Um, no, be- they were actually talking about calm.jpg to make them stop partying <laughs> immediately and relax. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Steve, um, look that up later if you don't know what Calm.jpg is off the top of your head.
0: <laughs> I'm good.
2: <laughs> um, with Listen, with a name like Calm, how bad of a photo could it be?
0: So, say. <laughs> so this believed threat to have the uh, have the local unit um, uh, of actual soldiers to put down the riot causes uh, several of the not drunk uh, students to take up arms um, in defense of the North Bering. Um, uh, Thayer though had been awoken At 5am by the sound of drums um, He ordered his aide uh, Patrick Murphy to get Major Worth Because of what uh, Because of uh, the commotion he heard going on at the North Barracks um, Hitchcock continued uh, uh, Attempting to restore order to the North Barracks Eventually getting into a fight With Cadet Walter Ote of Virginia okay. Um So uh, <laughs> Thorin uh, Awoke from the, the stairway where he had been Knocked out returned to his room. Hitchcock <sharp> greeted him in his room at 545. Uh, by 6am, other cadets who were not drinking were also involved in restoring order to the campus by trying to uh, get control of the drunken students. Um, uh, many of the uh, rioters were also attempting to recruit other cadets uh, to join their cause, believing that the um, artillery unit was on its way to put down the riot, um, not really having any success.
2: And this was all started because it eggnog.
0: Yeah, because they they got stupid drunk.
2: <laughs> they got too fucked up on eggnog. Okay.
0: Um, Overton uh, could not find Cadet Eaton, uh, who was checking the South Barracks, but did find Major Worth. Um, Hitchcock met Worth and told him what had transpired. By this time, uh, Thayer's aide had arrived in the North Barracks guardroom. Uh, the Second Artillery had also arrived at the North Barracks by the time of Rev- uh, reveille at six oh five a.m. <laughs>
2: can you imagine these dudes having to pull themselves together the next morning for formation first thing in the morning (laughs) I can't
0: so at at 6.05 Reveille is sounded um, along with uh, gunfire the sound of glass breaking uh, profanity uh, from cadets uh, general cries of pain emanating from the barracks and threats to academy officials ow stop it (laughs) <laughs> um so North Barracks uh, residents who were not drunk at the time uh, were were appalled by the the damage that the the drunken students had caused. Um cadets in the South Barracks though were well rested uh while the cadets in the North Barracks were mostly uh disheveled. Hmm. Um some of the cadets during this time though remained in their rooms drinking uh although some appeared in uh, in, uh parade formation uh being visibly drunk. <laughs> Uh, Worth met with Superintendent Thayer um, after the first formation to discuss what had happened in the North Barracks the previous evening. Uh, Thayer instructed Worth to get the officers into the North Barracks and restore order. Um, Captain McKay, the Academy Quartermaster, uh, took down details of the damages to the property at North Barracks uh, so repairs could take place in the following days. Um, Many of the cadets who were drunk uh, made it to company roll call at 620, though they uh, they were subdued by that time.
2: Hey, listen, man. I it, it doesn't matter because I'm here. Okay, it doesn't matter if I'm drunk because I'm because I'm because I'm because I'm, I'm here. And don't don't you fu- don't you judge me, okay? It's six twenty and I'm here. It doesn't matter. Right? I'm here.
0: Jeez. But the <laughs> uh, the mutiny officially ended when Cadet Captain James A. J. Bradford of Kentucky called the corps together and to gather, uh, into attention and dismissed them from the mess hall after breakfast. Um, chapel formation took place after breakfast, followed by two hours of service, with most of the drunk cadets still recovering.
2: God, uh, (laughs) I can only imagine a Catholic mass, stand, sit, kneel, sit, stand, kneel, sit, just with these drunken guys. (laughs) Just falling over on each other. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, you can look at each other and show, you know, shake hands, Uh, she'll pray and just just falling over slipping hiccuping puking Oof!
0: so uh after after sort of the dust has settled uh captain um hitchcock um lieutenant thornton uh had been uh bruised in his fights with the cadets uh while several of the cadets had suffered minor injuries and fitzgerald suffered a hand injury i got bumpies (laughs) <laughs> uh, worth had told Thayer that between fifty and ninety cadets have been involved in the mutiny. So that's about a, around a third of the uh, the campus population. So now that's what we're calling it—is a mutiny.
1: Well, they did uh, take up it, arms. Technically, but they're not on a boat. Who gives a te- shit. It's still a mutiny. Te-
0: technically, because they are they are soldiers, it is a mutiny.
2: I thought you had to be on a boat for it to be a mutiny. No, it's just no. You can
0: you can mutiny as like a like a regular it's like, just much worse like if unit.
1: you do it on a boat <laughs> yeah <laughs> think about it being the captain of a ship sucks <laughs> because if you fuck up too much even if you're just you don't even mean it <laughs> like you have no control just
2: throw you overboard yep. bye yep
0: um later that day uh, Thayer would wi- uh, meet with uh, Governor uh, Kemble um, who is an ordnance manufacturer in Cold Spring, New York, to discuss different items, ah, including the events at West Point? Cold Spring Harbor.
1: Good Billy, Billy Joel music.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Kemble asked Thayer what he would do uh, about the misconduct that had happened, and, and Thayer replied that he did not know.
2: Well, listen there, Mister Thayer. Uh, as Governor Kemble, I can tell you, as an ordnance manufacturer, I have just the thing for you. If you don't know how to discipline your young recruits, a fifty cal to the head. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I can sell you the bullets. Just tell me how many you need.
0: <laughs> on On December at uh, uh, between seven and eight a.m., um, a faculty and staff meeting took place with all but Captain Thomas C. Leggett of the Second Artillery A Battery and a few assistant professors and attendants.
2: Yeah, he was still um, drunk. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was, but, but from a different party. <laughs> Listen, all ta- again. Don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> Uh, uh, Thayer informed them that Major General Alexander McComb, Chief of Engineers and Inspector General of the Academy, had been told of the riot and that he was awaiting orders from McComb. The superintendent also informed the attendees that an inquiry would take place during semester finals in January of 1827, so some of the cadets would face simultaneous examinations and inquiry.
2: Oh, that's uh, Cadet insulting. Ba- hey, you're going to take your final, and then we might still expel you. <laughs> uh,
0: that sucks. Cadet Battalion Order 98 was read at formation and posted at several prominent locations at the academy. Twenty two cadets were placed under house arrest until further notice. Among them was Jefferson Davis, who had been reported as a malefactor by Hitchcock and Thornton.
2: Malefactor.
0: On January I leave, 6th I
2: can already see it. Order 98. Execute Order 98. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ...from old Sheevy from old P. <laughs> um, on January 6, 1827, uh, Thayer reviewed Order 49 dated December 30, 1826 and signed by Chief Engineer Engineers McComb, uh, ordering a court of inquiry to be assembled as soon as possible to investigate the Christmas riots. Uh, no deadline was given by the War Department in D.C., though the Academy was expected to get it done as soon as possible. Uh, Major Wirth was president of the inquiry with Lieutenant Henry H. Gerd acting as secretary, uh, meaning he was the court reporter, and two other faculty and staff to be selected by Thayer for court duties. Um, If the inquiry determined that further disciplinary action was necessary, Thayer was empowered to court-martial any cadet or other military personnel. Wirth elected Hitchcock and Lieutenant William Bryant to the court despite Hitchcock's involvement in controlling the riots in North Barracks. Hey,
2: do either one of you guys know how like stenography works? Because, like, as a court reporter, having to type out every spoken
0: word Shorthand. correctly
2: in a court of law, yeah, well, yeah. like <clears throat> the machines are so fucking small. Yeah, I have a
1: how friend are who are you did it. doing
2: that. That's insane to me that they can do it that well.
1: Yeah, they can type like two hundred words a minute. You figure like your your average person who can who's like a professional typer, a typist, they can they uh, can type well over a hundred words per minute. The fastest I ever typed was one
2: hundred and twenty-five. Bro, I type it like seven. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like if you do it for a living, it's like you know you you start learning it. And We got in like competitions in college, so like. Yeah,
2: no, I think I, I think I do like sixty-five, seventy a minute. Honestly, yeah, that's like, good. Cause I did the, that little spaceship typing game yeah. that you
0: can do like online.
1: Mavis processing. speaking teaches eggnog.
0: <laughs> typing of the eggnog.
2: You fucked up. Start over. Every time you spell a word correctly, it blurs the screen just a little bit more, <laughs> like you're drunk. I <laughs> you can't see the game, mom. Um.
0: So on January seventh, the following day, um, as exams begin, a court of inquiry is begun, um, um, or I should say that the students are informed that a court of inquiry will begin the following day. On January eighth, eighteen twenty-seven, a court of inquiry goes from then until eight um, until January twenty-second. Um, the inquiry includes the testimony of one hundred and sixty-seven witnesses. Um, during this inquiry. McKay states that around one hundred and sixty-eight dollars and eighty-three cents worth of damage is done to the campus, which is roughly around forty-four hundred dollars in today's money. Um, and Thayer testified that he that he never ordered the bombardiers, the second artillery, to police the barracks because um, the students had testified that that's what they believed was going to happen. Right. The academic board recommended uh, James W. Hamilton. Um, be discharged for bad conduct, and five others, all four classmen, freshmen, uh, or plebs, were dismissed for lack of adequate, um, or or lack of aptitude in certain academic disciplines um, or bad conduct. Um, Mm -hmm. Several other cadets were also dismissed. Uh, The federal report was presented to Thayer on January 19th, 1827, which Thayer and Worth met to discuss after dinner that evening. Uh, Following the uh, testimony the inquiry determined that 70 cadets have been involved in the riots. Uh, Thayer picked the worst offenders, those who had smuggled the whiskey, the cadets who incited the riots, and several others for prosecution at court-martial.
2: Jesus.
0: So from January 24th uh, to March 8th, 1827, um, these hearings are held. Um, so this is all done under uh, what at that time was the uh, the laws of court-martial of the United States. Um, in 1890 18-
2: did it have the gold fringe on the flag cuz if it didn't if there's no gold fringe on the flag then you you can't i, I can't be a uh, 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 pro- prosecuted by the judicial system with uh, no gold fringe on the flag
0: i i am a free citizen i ci-
2: object to myself
0: i am a free <laughs> citizen of the land i am i am traveling through the interstate with eggnog <laughs>
2: You are. I object to myself standing here. Please excuse me. Thank you. Amen. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so what's this all have to do with eggnog again? <laughs> it started the riots, man. Oh, okay.
0: Eggnog, bro. Yeah. So, in in eighteen nineteen, it was decided that members of uh, the cadets at West Point were under uh, United States military law. Um, so meaning that that they would have a court martial as opposed to a regular trial.
1: There was a debate about it. Like they I thought it, it's West Point, right? It's a military well, academy.
0: Well, well yes, but they they weren't actually in the um they they weren't fully within the army yet. Okay. Um so so it was just sort of a debate like, well, how are we going to try these cuz remember they they're they're just it sort was of just making this up as they
1: go. prep school at the time.
0: Yeah, they're like, well, is this going to be the same as, like, another college, or...
2: I got um, you, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, like, if you're going by, like, military standards and tradition and, like, roll call at 6.20 in the morning and drunken fight. Yeah, I guess it just wasn't written down. Y- yeah, you can't be, like, when it comes down to, like, actual, like, court of law stuff, you can't be like, oh, we're not military, we're not military, like, um... Right. You, you played military this whole time, well, now you, you need to stick by that.
0: Well, you we have to also remember, too, while it is, you know, they, they are, like, a, a learning institution... Um, and this also happened during peacetime and not, like, technically on a military base. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, um, at this time, uh, uh, military justice is reviewed by the Secretary of War, um, the United States Congress, and the President. Um, a general court consisted between five and 13 officers serving as jurors and magistrates. Uh, the accused would act as their own lawyer. Uh, they prepared their own uh, own defense and could plead guilty to one or more charges against them uh, while contesting other charges. Um, Trials are held from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. daily or during daylight hours, whichever was later. Um, A standard trial began with the charges being read, the defendant giving his plea um, and opening statements by the prosecution and defense attorneys. Uh, Witness testimony then began, followed by closing statements given by the prosecution and defense attorney uh, attorneys and the jury's decision if the verdict was guilty the defendant was then sentenced um so uh 20 cases were divided into three parts by the war department for administrative convenience uh the court martial trials were held in succession without break from january 26 with general uh with lieutenant Gerd serving as uh, trial judge advocate uh,
2: <laughs> lieutenant so, Gerd? yeah <laughs> Gerd needs to go take some Pepsi, though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Lieutenant Gerd and West Commander Pepsid AC.
2: <laughs> Sergeant Omeprazole, come here. As the no. trials progressed... Go ahead. Um, no, you go ahead.
0: <laughs> say, uh, Jefferson Davis was released from house arrest along with two other cadets.
1: That biggest um, mistake they ever made.
0: <laughs> Cadet Humphreys was arrested on January 27th. Uh, Gerd stayed as trial advocate until March 8th. When he asked to be released, he was replaced by Lieutenant William H.C. Bartlett. Um, from March 9th to May 3rd, 1827, uh, Bartlett started his duties on uh, on at 10 a.m. on March 9th, and the trials concluded on March 16th. Um, Thayer forwarded the records to General McComb and the Secretary of War uh, James Barber in late March, and Barber then sent information to President John Quincy Adams. Um, Adams read the findings and adjusted some of the verdicts for the cadets, and the case was closed on May third. You know what? A guy with the last name Barber,
2: he's got a fucked up haircut. oh <laughs> well, back then it
1: was all—it was all about you know speed and efficiency, like get it well, done. The worst part, Chop part is back
2: then they had to paint him. Chop me up, Lou. So somebody, so somebody, somebody painted this dude's shitty haircut. It was probably giggling the whole time too. <laughs> Like, bro, you're sure? You're absolutely sure you want this immortalized on canvas? You're positive? You don't want to go to the bathroom? And, and Look,
1: I it gave out. you not, not two not shoes all. and a blanket. Just paint the picture.
2: All right, all right, have a seat,
0: have a seat. This
2: a fucking idiot over right here.
0: Um, <laughs> so, uh, Jefferson Davis actually was not, um, was actually not uh, found for a court-martial during the trial. Um, he was found um, innocent, um, and he graduated in 1828. Um, he would eventually go on to be the U.S. Secretary of War and also eventually the President of the Confederate States of America. Um, okay. uh, other notables, um, Benjamin G. Humphreys, uh, he was found guilty and expelled, which was approved by Adams. He would go on to be a, a general in the Confederate Army. He would also be governor of Mississippi from 1865 to 1868. Uh, William P. N. Fis- uh, Fitzgerald. ...was found guilty and expelled. Um, he pled guilty to the first charge... ...but not to the rest. We uh, testified um, in the case. James... Like,
2: ...testified like for Fitzgerald... ...or testified I, against him?
0: I, I believe uh, probably against. Um, James W. M. Uh, Weems uh, Barian... ...was found guilty and expelled. Um, Weems? His, <laughs> yes. His, his expulsion was approved... Uh, but uh, the remittance um, uh, to a sentence uh, forbade him from ever serving in the U.S. military again.
2: God damn!
0: Um, so, uh, Lee testified in the case. Uh, Berrien went to the Secretary of War on February 2nd uh, for assistance, uh, despite making uh, poor comments about Hitchcock. Um, John John Archibald Campbell um, it was had a call for expulsion uh, with Berrien, but it was rejected. He would go on to be Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court from 1853
1: to 1861, and in that time, he banned
0: eggnog. <laughs> uh, William R. Burnley was found guilty and expelled. Um, he had uh, he had actually had two more arrests between the eggnog riot and the court martial. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> this
1: guy was just fucking <laughs> sprinting to expulsion. <laughs> Yeah. The other guys were uh, doing like a slow became... trot. This guy was running full speed. Get me the fuck out of here.
0: Uh, what Samuel was he arrested asked... for? Uh, it, it, I it didn't say it, just bitching the Like I bet you
1: it. it was fucking eggnog crimes, though, I bet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just wearing a domino mask, sipping eggnog, and throwing bricks through Hey,
1: this. you there. Let me butt you in the face. I need another charge. <laughs> what is this, Land of Lakes eggnog? Get the fuck out of here. Land of lakes. Uh, the Indians were still around, dude. <laughs>
2: hey, did you know, hey, Did you know if you take the butter box, you can cut it and makes it makes the Indian girl look like she's carrying. She's holding. Um. Anyway, Steve. What Breasts. Are we, uh... I believe. Right. <laughs> what are we? Uh... Actually, they changed the box. You can't do it. Anymore. Oh man. Yeah. An institution. Look what they, they took. They are from silencing us. us. You can no longer put the Native American girls' tits. That are actually her knees in the box. We pulled
1: out because syrup doesn't really go bad, like, uh, and we pulled out like from the uh, like a bunch of food that my uh, my in-laws had, and I just had a bottle of Aunt Jemima, like in my fridge, like recently. Yeah. And I was like,
2: yeah.
1: I still have Aunt Jemima here. What the
2: fuck is this even good? <laughs> it's got to be years old. It's still good
0: apparently they don't they don't sell that bottle anymore so yeah no it's, it's completely just gone. sugar
2: and water it yeah, and stabilizers yeah it's like dies. it lasts forever it's like
0: honey honey lasts forever
2: yeah if
1: as long as honey is in a uh temperature controlled environment it lasts forever basically uh,
0: and uh the last two notables uh Samuel Alexander Roberts he was found guilty and expelled uh which was approved by Adams he would go on to be secretary of state for the republic of texas in 1841 Um, And uh, Hugh W. Mercer, uh, he was found guilty and expelled, um, but Adams uh, remitted his sentence, allowing him to remain in the academy, and he would graduate in 1828. He would go on to be a general in the Confederate Army.
2: Ha! Hey, thanks for letting me stay in your academy there, John Quincy Adams. I'm going to take everything I learned and fight against your armies.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Private John Dugan, who had taken the bribe, he was sentenced to one month of hard labor um, and he also had to forfeit his whiskey ration for the same period.
2: Over 35 cents? A, ho- a month of hard labor for 35 cents? 35
1: cents was like an annual salary back then. I mean,
2: I mean, I not even buy a house for that, but god bro. That damn, was like bro. 10 bucks. <laughs> and he had to forfeit his whiskey ration? Un- just unreasonable.
0: But that is the story of the Eggnog Riot, which gripped West Point Point. A, a sort of matter of history that that West Point had tried to uh, sort of uh, cover up and shy away from, and that had involved uh, many uh, sort of leaders of, of the confeder of the future Confederacy.
2: It's almost like a, a glimpse into like what would be their future, just acting like total dickheads, trash and shit. You know what I mean? Because they just effectively ruined the Southeastern United States. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They sure did.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, so anyway, the story about eggnog is uh, it's it's
2: all right. It's all right. So I'm looking at the drink responsibly, uh, the eggnog Wikipedia, um, and there's a picture of this cocktail, I guess. It's called a hot Tom and Jerry. Have you ever heard of this?
1: No, and it sounds like something I would look up on Urban Dictionary and get disgusted by, you know? (laughs) So hey, baby, let me, is, me give you a hot Tom and Jerry. Well, what's that? Hey,
0: this is this is not the Folsom Street Fair, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
2: it, it's cognac and dark rum, a tablespoon of, quote, Tom and Jerry batter. And now I don't want to read anymore anymore. Oh! going <laughs> could be a sexual... Tom and to Jerry it. batter. What the fuck? Tom and Jerry batter. Separate three egg yolks and whites and set aside. You go to,
0: you it, you go to Publix and you ask for Tom and Jerry batter and they just sort of, like look at you and just walk away from you. They don't even say anything. The
2: police show up. You look
1: at you look over at the front of the store and there's just a clerk talking to the cops. He's
0: over there! <laughs> but look at the picture. I don't so, know why Let's that ass for it.
2: I put, in, <laughs> I put the picture in the Discord. It looks disgusting. Like, it looks like macaroni and cheese coming down the side. Yeah, that, that
1: doesn't look appetizing. Unless that's cheese, it's not appetizing. Ugh. Even if it is cheese. It's no, if like that was cheese, I'd probably before. eat it you got to go pretty far to get me not to eat cheese.
2: I would eat it, but my gut is <laughs> like, oh, man.
1: I mean, I've definitely had the double grilled cheese, double bacon grilled cheese, double cheeseburger, you know. Oh, my God. I had I ate the whole thing. It was so good. It was the I will best see you ever. In, the,
2: in the cardiovascular ICU,
1: my friend. No, I'm good, dude. I'm <laughs> 60, uh, 69 to 70 uh, resting heart nice. rate. Uh, blood pressure is normal. I'm good. Cholesterol's fine. Because <laughs> you can slam one of those bad boys every once in a while. You just can't do that shit every weekend. <laughs> okay, I'm about to say. <laughs> you can't do it. It's like eggnog. You shouldn't be drinking at that fucking West Point. You know?
2: That is a massive heart attack just waiting to happen. <laughs> right,
1: speaking of heart attacks, I'm going to go take my Pepsi and get rid of some of this uh, general <laughs> GERD. <laughs> later.
2: <laughs> General Gerd, Sergeant Omeprazole, we're out. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah, uh, get the hell out of here and get your cousin Lance Operzole, please.
0: Private Bismol.
1: <laughs> Private Bismol. Private Bismol. Put some pep in your step. Uh, evening. Good
2: night. Bye.